most of us are sophisticated enough and smart enough to realize that carrying around a bag of junk doesn't get us some kind of favor with God, which is what he was trying to do. On the other hand, there's a, there's a lot of people who really carry around a whole lot of other stuff, a whole lot of other crap from their past, as maybe not knowingly and really thinking about the fact that this is my penance, but that's kind of what they're doing. And uh, in this movie, it's a great illustration of what, what some of us do, and there's a great, a great visual illustration of what many of us do emotionally, carrying around our baggage. We're going to talk about forgiveness this morning, and um, those are some powerful lyrics to that song that we heard sung, and, and powerful presentation there of those, uh, uh, of that, in that video of that movie from the mission. By the way, it's not a... I'm always careful to say this. Not necessarily a movie I would recommend, um, or it would be for the strong of heart, and uh, it it's, doesn't have a real happy ending, but it's got some incredible, just like what you saw, some incredible um, um, typology and things like that going on through it. We're talking about the wounded heart and forgiveness. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to make most of my comments around three particular movements of thought here for you uh, this morning and get you to kind of think along with me and, and just track with me, if you will, because there's so much woundedness that takes place in people's lives because they fail to forgive, much more so than the other, as a matter of fact. And, and really, a true understanding, a true understanding of forgiveness clearly affects our ability to be forgiving. I'm going to say that probably a, a, a few more times uh, before the morning uh, in the next few moments that I have. Um, a true understanding of forgiveness clearly affects our ability to be forgiving. First thought that I want you to think through with me is this one. Um, to the person of faith, you have been forgiven. To the person of faith, you have been forgiven. Let me just give you a couple of verses, a couple of favorite verses of mine from the Old Testament, and uh, give you some other thoughts about that. Psalm 103, uh, in verse 12, goes like this. He has taken away our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. I like that. I like my sins to be far away from me. i got a lot of them. Um, Micah chapter 7, verse 19, puts it like this. And this is... Uh, Micah talking about God, compassion is on its way to us, you'll stamp out our wrongdoing, you'll sink our sins to the bottom of the ocean. You know why I like that? I have read, as you probably have, that there are parts of the ocean, the bottom of which they have never found. They can't find the bottom of certain parts of the ocean. I think probably God designed it that way because that's where he has my sins buried and he didn't want anybody to see him, but there's a whole bunch of them down there. And, uh, and that's, I just love that verse, that in the deepest part of the ocean in which they can't find the bottom of it, that's where he's symbolically, at least, put our sins. Uh, Colossians in the New Testament puts it this way, chapter 2, verse 13. When, when you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, this is good, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, the old arrest warrant 
canceled and nailed to the cross of Christ. What he's talking about there is this, and if you saw the Passion, you saw a little bit of this. But when, in those days, um, in the first century, uh, in, in Jesus' times, actually, um, they, um, when they would execute somebody by cross, they would take their sins that they had committed, or their crimes, and they would put them on, on, on something and nail it to the cross. That's why on Jesus' cross they had uh, the king of the Jews, because that was his crime. He was blasphemous. So that's what he's referring to there. And what he's referring to for you and for me when he says this, he says, um, the old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. In other words, what he's saying is, is in my case, I won't talk about you, I'll talk about me because that's the only safe way to do this. He's taken all the sins that Rich has committed and he's nailed them to the cross and they're canceled out. And you can put your name in there. He's done that for all of us. And here's the issue. It's an old phrase that goes something like this, that if you were the only person that lived, um, your sins would be enough. This is true for me. My sins would be enough to send Jesus to the cross without anybody else's. We were talking this week. um, I was with a friend, and we were in Chicago at a uh, conference. Uh, Willow Creek is a huge church. We, uh, it's about like 20,000 people. They have an auditorium. They opened their new auditorium the same day we opened the opera house. A few minor differences. They seat 7,200 people, and um, we don't seat quite that many. And, um, but it's, uh, they, they have a, they have gr- they're a great resource for churches like ours that seek to be culturally relevant and so forth, and they have conferences every now and then. This was for communicators, uh, people who teach and preach and speak or whatever you want to call it, whatever this thing is that I do. And... Uh, and, and people who are pastors, as well as uh, a guy that went with me, young, worked with Young Life, a, a Christian group that works in, the, in schools and so forth. Um, and it's just a great time. Uh, of course, it was coming at a key time for those of us, i got to go ahead and say it, for those of us who are Yankee fans. And um, I told you I would. I, I, this is my penance for all those Bo Sox fans that are here. They said, you better talk about the Yankees this week after that. Yeah, anyway. Uh, a little unforgiveness there. But anyway, uh, um, so we spent our evenings um, in a sports bar watching, uh, watching the game. Not a friendly place to be in Chicago, let me just tell you. We don't much care about New York and especially the Yankees. And um, in fact, my friend, and I don't want to say his name, but he's sitting right over here and his initials are, 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 are Park Smith. But uh, he... <laughs> My friend is such an obnoxious yet. I thought at one point, I thought, he's going to start a fight. <laughs> we're, I, and the only good thing about this is we're in Chicago and it won't be in the paper. The pastor of Renaissance gets in a bar fight. <laughs> at, at one point, I'm thinking that. So I'm, I'm, it, was, it was bad. But anyway, you should know that. But anyway, uh, uh, so anyway, at one point, his, a, a former business associate of him his, comes and joins us. For dinner, this was on one of the good nights before it got really bad, and I'm thankful. And um, and uh, she's a Jewish lady, and we were talking about, and she was sharing with with me how, as being raised in a Jewish situation, how she had been taught that the Jews were the Christ killers, et cetera, et cetera. And you've heard that. And this was the whole thing with some of the passion and so forth. And I I really wanted to make a point, and I've done this before with some of my other friends who are Jewish. And I said, you know, I don't know how a lot started. I mean, I do know historically. But I said, the issue is this. I killed Christ. My sins alone sent Christ to the cross for me. 
And how we try to transpose that to anybody else, I don't, I don't have a clue. But I wanted to make that point to, to, to her. Is, is, hey, and she, she had heard that before, I think, from my friend. But, um, but that's true for all of us who have come to faith in Christ. Our sins were enough to send Christ to the cross. And that's what this verse is talking about. And that was canceled out by what Jesus did for us. So I want to make something very clear before I move on from this particular thought, and that is this. There's only one thing you need to do to have this kind of forgiveness. Only one thing, and that is to believe and accept what Christ has done for you. And you know what? You don't have to chant. You don't have to cry. You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to take communion. You don't have to partake in liturgy. You don't have to go to church every Sunday. You don't have to go to Renaissance Church even. I wish I could tell you you did. But what, all you simply do is believe in your heart that Christ came to earth, suffered on the cross, died and rose again. And I put my faith in that, in him and what he did. That's it. I don't have to carry around a bunch of baggage, some huge bunch of crap to, 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 to pay penance. Sorry if you're new to Renaissance. Just deal with it. You'll hear more. Um, um, I don't have to carry that stuff around. I might, but I don't have to. It's simply coming to Christ and saying, Christ, Lord God, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, believe, I, I believe you died. You went to the cross and you died and, and, and rose again for me. I might have some doubts. I might have some concerns. And, and wherever you are in life, you may be thinking, you know, you may be, oh, I'm not sure I'm there yet. That's okay. We're glad you're here. You may be saying, oh, I'm really exploring that. Great place to explore that. That's one of the reasons we're here. Uh, and maybe you've already come to that point in your life where you have, you have come to that point where you have said, Lord, I want to trust you. Maybe that happened in a church service. Maybe that happened at home late at night when you were thinking. Maybe that happened when you were walking down Fifth Avenue in New York. doesn't matter. The point is that there's a, there's a decision there in your heart to say, Christ, I want to I wanna trust you. That's, and then you have forgiveness. That's it. That's it. Now, and we try to complicate that. We try to make that something more than what it is. And bless his heart, we have sometimes people who tell us, well, I've got a penance for you. Carry that bag of junk up and down and up and down and around and around and then pay for your sins. There's nothing I can do to pay for my sins except come to Christ. And when one does that, you are forgiven. And that's good news. That's good news. Now, there's a second thought here that I want you to think about. And the second movement of thought goes like this. First one is, <coughs> you have been forgiven. You're a person of faith. Second one is this. You are to forgive. It's the natural thing that comes next. You are to forgive. Let me give you some thoughts here. I've got some quotes that I want you to see. This one, I, this is a website I like to check out occasionally. and It's, it's, a, it's a fun website. It's got some good stuff on it. Don't, don't agree with everything there. But it comes from a reallifepreacher.com. It's not a real life preacher, but it's kind of fun to, to read. Look, look at this quote. Forgiveness is the healing of the wounds caused by another. You choose to let go of a past wrong and no longer be hurt by it. Forgiveness is a strong move to make, like turning your shoulder sideways to walk quickly on a crowded sidewalk. It's your move. Isn't that good? It's like turning your shoulder. You know, you ever, I, I was just Friday. I was doing this, and 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 I was in a hurry, and I, I had um, 
I do a thing about once a month in the UN with some of the ambassadors, a little prayer group, and I was in a hurry and found myself late and I was coming through Penn State. You know, you've, you've all done it in different places and so forth. And, you know, and by the way, just a little, let me just take a little rabbit trail here. Why don't they make it an out, why don't they make it a new law that says you can't walk four across down the street in New York when people are in a hurry and go at about a, a snail's pace? I mean, what's the deal with that? All these people from Ohio lined up, boom, 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 boom. And, and, and I'm sorry, I'm from Ohio. And, and, and you know, and you're just like, hey, 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 you know, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying New York. I got a place to go. It just drives me nuts. I'm sorry. Okay, now I got that off my chest. Now, some of you can relate to that, I think. Uh, but, but I had to do the same thing. I was in a hurry, and I had, you know, you, you kind of go sideways. Had to move on. Had to move on. Excuse me, thank you. Move on. And that's what he's saying. I like that. I like the way he illustrates that. Because sometimes that's what forgiveness is. We've got to move, just get on through and just move on. Now, it's not always that simple, and I want to talk about that. Let me show you another quote. Gosh, I love this quote. And before I show it to you, don't, don't, don't go there yet, Scotty. Um, before I show it to you, um, some of you are going to question where this came from. And that's okay. I don't, I don't mind. Just, I'm just sort of warning you, okay, trying to... Be a little buffer here for you. This, count, this came from Mahatma Gandhi. This is really a good statement. Whatever you think of Gandhi, you can't disagree with this. All right, let's, let's look at it. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. That's a good statement. I don't care who said it. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. It is only the weak, petty, emotional cripples of the world who can't forgive. Now, I've got to tell you something. I have been weak and petty and an emotional cripple a few times. I'm not proud of it, but I have been. And you know what you do then? And this is the thing that Gandhi didn't say that I like so much. Those are the times... When you come to God, and I, I know this really well, and you say, God, I don't have it in me to forgive this jerk. And I say it just like that. Sometimes I call them other names. I mean, you know, you might as well tell God what you're thinking. He can read your thoughts anyway. You know, and you're thinking, well, I'm not going to say, oh, he knows what you're thinking. Just say it. Sometimes you, I come to God and I say, God, he is such a butthead. And if he were here right now, I would be guilty of murder. And I need strength that I don't have inside of me to forgive. And that's the point here. Is that once we come to faith in Christ, he doesn't ask us to forgive on our own. We can't do it without the power of God working in us. And I happen to believe that's probably one of the greatest ways that God's God's power does work in us. I know that's true for me. Let me show you another, another verse from Colossians, one that I've used before, and it's one of my, one of my favorite verses, but it's, it's really good. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And look at this. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And you know, you've, you've come here very much. You've heard me say this before. You could never sin against me as much as I've sinned against God. Therefore, I have no option 
but to forgive. Now, it's a process, and these believers that, that are very sincere sometimes, well, just forgive them and move on. Well, that's a great thing to say, but some, it just doesn't always happen just like that. Boom. Sometimes it takes a lot of prayer. Sometimes it takes a lot of thought. Sometimes it takes you to get away and really work. It's, it's a process. And that's an issue. Don't forget that. This whole thing, well, okay, I forgive you. Well, you know, what kind of trivial stuff is that? It, it takes time. So, and it's, it's because we're human. For, forgiveness not only is a process, but it means letting go sometimes of some wrong that we've held on to, that we've nurtured, nurtured, that we've fed, that we've kept alive, in some cases for years. And sometimes we're like the guy that we saw in the movie clip, and we carry that stuff around with us, and we, and we, we pull it with us, and we, we carry it with us, and we go here, and we, go, and we, we won't let it go, because we want to hang on to that. I'm not sure why we want to hang on to that, but we want to hang on to that. And God says you can't live that way. That's not the best thing for you, and it's not the way I created you. Get rid of it. And I'll give you the ability and the power to do that. And he will. That may mean, for some of you, that might mean writing a note. That might mean buying a lunch. That might mean seeking out someone who, who whenever the whole thing of forgiveness comes up, maybe it's their face that you see, or their name, or a certain dollar amount that they took, or they shafted you from. Maybe they, maybe they did you wrong, so to speak, in the words of the country song. Maybe they did you wrong. Maybe they were 100% wrong, and you were 100% correct. Maybe it was that way. Maybe it wasn't quite that way. You still need to say, please forgive me. You say, what? You just changed? No, I didn't. Hang on. You still may need to say, please forgive me for harboring resentment in my heart. Now, a couple things you've got to think about that. Sometimes... And I, I did this a few years ago with some, some people who just pretty much left me for dead, spiritually speaking. And they were church guys. And um, after about a year and a half of, of, of dealing with that and getting some things straightened out in my own life and so forth, and Charlene and I just kind of working through some things together and praying and so forth, I got a friend of mine, I said, get those guys together. I want to see them. I'm going to talk to them. Got them all together. I had, and, and, and in this particular case, there were some things that I clearly did that, were, that was wrong. There were a number of things totally separate from that fact that they had did that was later on that was totally wrong to me. And those were the things that I was still harboring some resentment. So I said, gather them together. We got them together. We got together. And I, and I, I was going to, and I'll tell you what I did in a second. I was going to get them together and tell them, please forgive me again. I've already asked you for that. Please forgive me again for the things that I've done and said against you. I just want to, I just want to get that clear. And in my heart, I'll, I'll, I'll be real blunt with you. In my heart, I fully expected them to come back to me because it was clear to everybody in the whole freaking place what they had done to me. I, think I fully expected them to come back to me and say, you know what? We do forgive you. We, all, we have already because they had told me that already a year and a half before that. And I fully expected for them to come back and say, would you forgive us? 
So I gathered them together. I went through a very emotional thing again, and I had met with them before this, and I just said, one more time, I want to make sure that I'm clear. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And they said, thank you. And we were done. Not quite what Rich expected. And I'm like, it doesn't always happen that way, does it? And if you expect that, then you're going to be sorely disappointed sometimes. Sometimes it will, but many times it won't. And if you expect that, it's going to be tough for you. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. So we talk about, yes, you are forgiven and you are to forgive. Unconditionally, without question, without anything else. Now, let me show you one more thing. One little third thing here, last movement of thought that's real simple, real clear, and it won't take long, and that is this. Not only are you forgiven if you're a person of faith, not only are you to forgive, but number three, you better forgive or else. All right? And I mean that just that way. And here's why I say it that way. Let me give you a quote from an author that I liked a lot. Forgiveness is almost a selfish act because if it's, if it's immense benefits to the one who forgives. It really is when you think about it. It's almost a selfish act because it benefits me so much. And, and I'm the one, I'm the, it's, so, it's so weird, isn't it? Somebody can be 100% wrong, you can be 100% right, but if you don't forgive them, you, you're, you're in deep doo-doo. I mean, you're in, you're in, you're in big trouble. And, and see, that shouldn't be right. The, that's right, but that's the way it is. And a lot of folks don't quite understand that. Let me show you Matthew chapter 6 real quick. If you forgive, these are Jesus' words. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Excuse me. Let me, let me refer. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. What is that all about? Let me show it to you in another translation, real quick. The uh, the message translation, which is my new Bible. Like my new Bible, not a cool Bible. Um, it, it goes like this: In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Do we have that? Is that up there? Yeah. You you cut yourself off from God's part. Um, Here's the thing. Is is it conditional? Is God's forgiveness conditional? No. But it's it's very efficacious. If God forgives me, one of the things that will happen is I'm going to be able to forgive others. It's just that way. And the thing that I want to say to you is this, and I wrote this down because I want to be very careful with this, what I say here. One of the key evidences of one who has come to faith in Christ, key evidence of one who's come to faith in Christ, is their God-given ability to forgive. It's a key evidence of faith in Christ. Um, Conversely, what does it say about the person who can't forgive? There could be a lot of reasons, but if you find yourself consistently unable to forgive, you better do some serious self-examination. I don't understand a person who says they have understood and they have experienced the forgiveness of God and the forgiveness of Christ, and then in turn can't turn around and forgive others. I don't understand that. 
I don't understand a person who has come to an understanding, I've sinned against God in many ways. And therefore, however and whoever and however much somebody sins against me, um, it, you know, I'll deal with it. I'll do the best I can with it. And I'll ask God to give me the power to, to do what's right with it. But I have to forgive because of what Christ has done for me. That's the issue here. And all, all I would say to you is this. If you're one of those and you're harboring some deep-seated resentment and you've got some unforgiveness in your heart, all, here, all I'm asking you to do is this. Get alone somewhere and talk to God. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to beat you up emotionally. I don't want to say, you got to, got to, you got to. I want you to get alone somewhere and talk to God about it. I have enough confidence and faith in the God Almighty, he'll deal with you. And I believe that with all my heart. I've experienced that, so I know. Because I'm not saying that there won't be a period of time sometimes when you get, that you go through that you have a hard time with it. I'm not saying that. That will happen. What happens when we fail to forgive? A lot of things. We get into living a fragmented life. We start, we start separating certain areas of our heart and our life. We start, we start uh, compartmentalizing things. And then, and then uh, uh, you know, you, you start settling for something that's, a, that's sort of a fake substitute of what life ought to be. And then you start covering stuff up. And you start hiding from things. And you're not honest. And you're not honest with God. You're not honest with others. And you're not honest with yourself. God never intended his children to live that way. And you shouldn't. And that's why we have a lot of dysfunction in the world in which we live. Because people haven't dealt with this. And they haven't come to God and said, God, help me to deal with this. Because I, I honestly don't believe, I'm a pretty nice guy most of the time. But I don't think that any of us can forgive like we should without the power of God in our lives. I, I can't. I've tried. You know, it just, it just, does, it just doesn't work. You know, one of the things, i got a line down here that I like. I don't know why I wrote this probably late at night one night. If you, don't, if you fail to forgive, you become angry, borderline miserable, generally grumpy, and you don't even know why. And sometimes that might, might define us, mightn't it? Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I might. If you're not simply grumpy, you're negative, you're bitter, you're stuck in the past, you're, coming, you're covering up and you're hiding... And you're generally, you're, you're pretty much an unhappy person. Here's the thing that I want you to see. Failure to forgive keeps me from loving life. It keeps me from loving others. It keeps me from loving myself. And it really does. Let me show you this. I, I mean, let me refer back to something, and I want to show you this last thing. And We're over time. We're out of here. Um, I referred back to that meeting I had with those people. Um, predating that couple years. Uh, when I was on, um, we were back in Washington. We go to, we are, I, I help out some with a national prayer breakfast every year. It's the second Thursday in February. And those of you who've been around know that I'm always gone for that week and so forth. And uh, help out with that and do some things with our UN ambassadors there and so forth and so on. But one of the first ones that we went to, that same night, night before the prayer breakfast, uh, there's always a thing that Chuck Colson has for the group Prison Fellowship that he heads up. And when I'm able, which hasn't been in the last couple of years, but when I'm able, I go to that. And, and I was dealing with some of the stuff that I had referred to earlier. Charlene and I both were dealing with some, some real hurt 
um, of some how, how we had been treated in a particular situation. Uh, certainly, that was some my fault, but, but also some other people's fault. And um, we were really, we really kind of raw. And we went to this meeting, and I didn't have any idea what we were going to do. Somebody invited us to the uh, sort of, the, I don't know what it is, inner circle or something, a prison fellowship. And, and, and they had a speaker, uh, a lady, um, she was an African-American lady from, from the inner city of D.C. And she was talking about her daughter being killed in an alley near her house and uh, how difficult that was and obviously how difficult that would be for anybody. And she was talking about that and, and how God really dealt with her, how she had this resentment in her heart and this bitterness and this hatred for the guy that they found the guy that had killed her and had him in jail and so forth. And she was dealing with all this stuff. And about 10, 15 minutes later, another guy, African-American young man, comes up and starts talking. And he says, I'm the guy. Since that time, they went through the whole litany of what had happened and how she had found who he was, went to him in prison to tell him she forgave him. And I was like, and I looked at Charlene and I said, we ain't got no problems. Uh, and, and really, here's, here's how that hit me. You're thinking about your little issues and your little lack of forgiveness for these people and this people and that. Look what I can do in a life. And I thought, that, that was the beginning of the process for me. To say, okay, God, I'm not there yet, but I know I can get there. And it was about two, two and a half years later when the meeting I told you about earlier took place. God can give us that ability. And I, and I tell you, just take this from somebody who, who cares about you, okay? You need to do this. This is huge. I got another instance, another quick story. I know, I know. hang on with me a minute. Um, I had another guy, and he had a friend, and he had someone who he, oh, I mean, and he had some, some decent, he, how do I say this? He had a good reason to be uh, angry and unforgiving, Okay? And, and he dealt with this thing, and he realized he'd been carrying this thing like this big bag. He'd been carrying this around with him for a long time. And then through, a, through another friend, godly counsel, he got godly counsel who said, here's what you need to do, and here's what he did. And I, and I kind of went through the whole process. He wrote a letter to that person. They were dead. They were dead. He nothing he could do. He couldn't go seek resolution. He couldn't go say, I, for, I forgive you. Please forgive me. He couldn't do it. They were dead. They were dead. Okay? He wrote a letter. Wrote a letter to him. Took it to the grave. Now, this, this was, I didn't recommend this. Somebody else didn't. And at first, I didn't like it, but I really liked it afterwards. I thought it was really good wisdom. Took it to the grave. Read it to the gravestone. And then burned the letter. And it was like he had been set free. You say, wow, that's kind of therapeutic, isn't it? Well, I don't know what it is, but it was effective. But he did that after much prayer and going, and going to God and asking God for help to be able to do this because it was a tough deal. It's not an easy thing, but do it. You've got to do it. Let me show you this, and we, we're, we're, we're going to close with this. It comes from a book called How to Make Peace with Your Past and Get On with Your Life. Let me just show you this. Um, we got it back there, Scotty? Um, it comes uh, Sidney Simon. I'm going to show it to you as soon as we get to it here. Here we go. Where in the world are you? Um, keep going. Keep going. It's the last thing. That's it right there. Okay. That is what forgiveness is all about. 
working through the unfinished business, letting go of the pain, and moving on for your sake. You forgive so that you can finally get rid of the excess baggage that has been weighing you down, like the guy in the movie, and holding you back so that you can be free to do and be whatever you decide instead of stumbling along, according to the script, painful past experiences wrote for you. Isn't that good? Move on. But you can't do it without God. Because you don't have that kind of power. None of us do. Let's pray together. Lord God, we're grateful for the time that we have here. And, 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 and God, just, just help us. I, I, don't know, I don't know what each individual's dealing with here, but I know that there are some folks that are dealing with some pretty heavy-duty stuff. There are some people who like in the, in, the, in the film clip, Lord, that are probably carrying around bags that big and bigger. I pray, God, that, that you would just give them the ability right now to deal with that, whatever that means to them. Whether it be a letter, whether it be a call, whether it be person-to-person meeting, or whether it be writing a letter and burning it, I don't know. Whatever it is, maybe some other way. I just pray, God, that you would give each person here the ability to deal with this. It may be a parent, maybe a past business partner, ex-mate, whatever. Father, help us to again remember that it is through Christ and Christ alone that we can receive forgiveness and as a result, forgive. We thank you for this time. We commit it to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.